came true tonight. Uh, we worked so hard. It was a hard-fought game, and we finally got a championship, and it feels great. Now, you, for your 21 years, you said you've always dreamed of winning a championship. Is it what you dreamed of? Oh, it's everything and more. I mean, you have the, the Laker colors falling from the ceiling, the fans going crazy. I got the hat on and everything covering my throat. It feels great. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this episode of Breaking Through the Glass Ceilings with Brian H. Brian H. Waters here. You know, generally this podcast is to share the stories of success from my peers, from people I meet along this journey called life. But today is a special episode, one out of the ordinary. Now, I do have a couple more episodes. They'll come out as regularly scheduled programming. But I was sitting here and I was texting my good friend, Ashley Baker. You may remember her, episode five. And I was thinking about Kobe, Kobe Bryant. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to do a special. I just want to talk. Use this as therapy. And she encouraged me. She said, I think you should. He meant so much to you. So, I'm just going to not go be before you long. Ain't that what the preachers say? But I just want to take time. First and foremost, my condolences go out to Vanessa Bryant, who lost her husband, her life partner, her soulmate, and lost her child, her second child, her second baby girl. I cannot imagine losing a child. I pray every day that that never happens. You know, this is tough. Look at Gianna Bryant. All we heard, all you did was see Kobe brag about how much passion she had the fire that she had how she was better than he was at that age and we all know and she was 13 when Kobe was 15 16 there's stories that he wanted that he was playing with NBA players challenging them because in his mind he was on that level this is a guy we saw grow up right in front of our eyes me I'm younger I remember being in middle school and his name starts circulating at the time I had cable, but I didn't have it in my room. So I only watched sports like on the weekends or whatever. And all I kept hearing about was this guy named Kobe Bryant. He was the next Michael Jordan. He plays with the Lakers. Says I would, you know, really take that turn to dive heavy into sports. The Lakers were my team. I became a fan, honestly, because of Space Jam because of the fact that they were a team that didn't want to go in. But nonetheless, the Lakers were my team. And there was Kobe and Shaq. Now, Shaquille O'Neal was one of the first superstars I watched and became attached to in the NBA when he was with the Orlando Magic. But when the opportunity came, and, you know, when the times came when it was about Kobe and Shaq and they started making a run and this is as Jordan has left the NBA that was my team 
course, you know, the Lakers would win the championship June 19th, 2000. I still remember the date. I remember standing in the kitchen with my dad watching that game and just being so happy. But, you know, time would move on. And like I said, we all know about the situation with him and Shaq. I gravitated towards Kobe. Even when he decided to tell the Lakers he wanted to be traded because he didn't like the team that was building around him. I had made up in my mind that I was still going to be a Lakers fan, but wherever Kobe was going, I was going to root for him. They was talking Bulls and the Clippers. I believe they said a job uh, deal was done with the Bulls, but Kobe didn't want He wanted to keep Luau Deng on the team. Not sure how true that is. And I remember the Lakers would acquire Paul Gasol. They would make it to the finals. They would lose to the Celtics. But they would get redemption. Through all that, I was was so happy. Because here's what you have to understand. For me personally, during middle school, during high school, when everybody was yelling, Vince Carter, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, um, you know, uh, Allen Iverson, Tracy McGrady. No matter what, I was always saying Kobe, Kobe. And it was tough. It was times, it was just like he was the one I connected to. His drive, his work ethic. And, and I would look at him, watch him play, and I would say, what can't he do? He can shoot for threes. He can dunk. He can play defense. He can steal. He can block. So, he was my guy. 10th grade, Christmas. Remember, I got some money for Christmas. There was a store called Changes. And I went in there January 1st, 2002, New Year's Day. And I bought the Kobe Bryant jersey. And I remember being so excited. It was a champion jersey. And, you know, it's so funny because I didn't, I was never, I was never one to, like, have the best style, best fashion or whatever. And I remember people would say, school, oh, you got the champion, you know, it's about the swing man. But it didn't matter to me because it was Kobe Bryant. And I wore it with pride. And every time the Lakers played a big game, I put that jersey on. 10th grade was the year that. They would go toe-to-toe with the Sacramento Kings. You best to believe I wore my jersey that day. And then when they would go ahead and win the Nets, and truth be told, when they got to the finals against the Nets, it was a blur. We all knew they was going to win. The Kings was the, the fight that year. I mean, even going back to 2001 when they beat the Sixers. Remember, 15-1, and they ran through the Western Conference. And when they got to San Antonio, everybody, because San Antonio was the one seed, I remember people saying, oh, they got Derek Anderson. Uh, I think it was Derek Anderson at the time. They got 
uh, the Twin Towers and David Robinson and Tim Duncan. No way the Lakers going to beat them. Handle that. Now, AI got one, unfortunately. But in the end, the Lakers will reign supreme. Then, you know, there was a situation when they, they had, like I said, I talked about when Pac Gasol joined. I was working at Renaissance at that time. And when the Lakers were down 3-1, I had faith. Say, like, nah, Kobe and Gasol, they gonna come back. And they wouldn't. But, you know, it was, I will say this, Kobe did, his teams were the first time I experienced losses in a championship game. The Ravens being my favorite football team. They've been to the Super Bowl twice. They're 2-0. and um, The Orioles have never been. The Capitals just got there and they won. The Lakers, you know, seven times to the finals losing two of those and both of them I, I I look back at it and I said they had a better chance of beating Detroit if Kobe and Shaq would have been on the same page and that was tough it was tough during that time because I like Shaq but I always roll with Kobe I was thinking the other day as I sit here record this show January 28th 2020 or 2020 whatever you want to call it I was thinking my first favorite athlete so everybody knows I'm a wrestler fan right favorite wrestler of all time Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart then it would become Daniel Bryan but my first favorite athlete was Ken Griffey Jr. the kid he was a baseball player I connected with not too many blacks in baseball but Griffey was that dude so then you know it was Kobe I love Michael Jordan but everybody loved Michael Jordan so I felt like after all my friends, we was all, everybody liked the Bulls. But then when we, everybody kind of went their separate ways, I went to the Lakers. My god brother, Michael, fan of the, um, <laughs> Michael was a fan of so many teams. He would eventually settle and still is a Celtics fan. But I remember when Michael was a Kings fan and then a Blazers fan and a Kings fan. And throughout that series of 2000, that, that Blazers series, you know, I was in my friends with Michael and Rashawn. They were rooting for the Blazers. And I'm on my island by myself rooting for the Lakers. Um, but I was thinking, I was like, Kobe may be my favorite athlete of all time. You know, when they won the championship against Orlando, it was like, finally, he did it. He did it without Shaq. And if you guys remember that year, everybody said Denver was going to beat them. The next year, people said the Celtics were going to beat them. And it was great because this was me and Michael's opportunity. Like, okay, game seven. All the marbles, I remember being at the gas station talking trash to him. But in the end, it was my guy, Kobe Bryant, and the Los Angeles Lakers, infamously known in that game for kicking out the pass to Ron Artest because it was like, and Artest said, and Kobe never passes the ball. So, you know, I sit here, and I just think about those, uh, those times. And then I think about the Achilles injury. And I was like, man, is his career over? To walk to the free throw line, I've never hurt my Achilles. But I can just imagine the pain and suffering. I'm like, wow, Kobe? You know, and, and I had hoped that he would win another championship. My first time, for me, you may know I worked at ESPN for two years. My first time working there, my first highlight was the Lakers versus the Blazers, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe Kobe left with a quote told the NBA to have fun because I'm coming back next year with a vengeance. This is after, you know, he re-injured his Achilles, I believe. 
And I remember sitting there thinking, like, man, if he was only at the game. But nonetheless, I got to watch the Laker game. I had the opportunity to put together a couple Kobe highlights for Mike and Mike. Um, I did a Kobe graphic I shared on my social media networks at Brian H. Waters at on Twitter and Instagram. But I got an opportunity to make those graphics. But then my moment. I go to Fox Sports 1340 based out of Hopewell, Virginia. Shout out to my boy Glenn Thomas, a fellow Lakers fan. I had an opportunity to cover the Lakers' final game. No, I should say Kobe Bryant's final game in Washington, D.C. This is my first time covering an NBA game. Me and my guy, Kobe Jekyll-Bueno. Kobe, I hope I pronounced your name right. I apologize if I did. Kobe's a phenomenal writer. Um, He's also a great, great baller. And basketball coach, the phenomenal writer, phenomenal scout, had an opportunity to cover the game with him. That was the first time we met and a friendship was born. And he shared his thoughts. Huge Kobe fan as well. And I remember just sitting there. And this is where I would meet my good friend Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Episode 2, you'll find you listen to her journey. Kelsey is a Lakers fan. Met my guy Lex Taylor, you know, another Lakers fan. That night, I mean, just so much. Me and Kobe would go to the suite and see Glenn and Corey. But to be there for Kobe's last game in D.C., man, and he dropped 31 points. Shout out to my guy, James Williams. James is somebody I went to high school with. He's two years older than me, had an art class. And I would be talking about basketball at my table, and James would come over. And I remember the first time we met, he said, yeah, you know Kobe, the best player in the league. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, we're going to be good friends. I texted him the, the other day. You know, I, I, I want to, you know, I got to give a shout out to my good friends who share this love and admiration for this man. You know, never before has a celebrity's death rocked me the way it did. But I have a shout out to real Dwayne Allen. You can find him at Dwayne Allen 24. Why do you think he's 24 at the end of his Twitter handle? Uh, we both talked about just, you know, how good Kobe was. I, I'll even say, like, I believe that we was on Rolling with Ramos. Mikel Ramos, another good friend of ours, huge Kobe Bryant fan. Uh, shout out to her dealing with this. You know, Mikel lost her dad last year. And now, you know, losing uh, last year or the year before last. And now dealing with Kobe is tough. But I know what she's going to do. Rolling with Ramos is going to have that Mamba mentality. But I remember we was on the show, and, and they both said, like, it's hard. It's not watch, watching basketball and watching the Lakers just isn't the same without Kobe Bryant. Even with our Lakers having LeBron James. That's them, you know. For me, I'm, I'm good. Then I go to, you know, I, I, I give a shout-out to my good brother Montez Allen. Montez did... His um, he's a reporter down in Macon, Georgia, and he did his stand up with his Kobe jersey on. When I got the ESPN, let me tell you a story. So get the ESPN. Once we get hired, they tell you to send a picture that represents yourself. So my picture was me with a championship belt. My friend Wes Remsen, his picture was 
him sitting on the bench next to Kobe Bryant. And I was like, wow, okay. And and I knew West was a Kobe fan immediately. And we would talk about different things. And he would bring up the game where he played against Jordan. He was like, yeah, man, he was giving it to Jordan, this, this, that, and the other. And, you know, everybody was like, man, anybody who knew West knew he was a Kobe fan. And it's just, you know, those are the people that jump right out the mind. And I know somebody's going to say, well, you didn't mention me. You didn't mention me. You know, like I said, these people just jump right off the mind. People I've interacted with recently. Got to give a huge thanks to my good friends um, who reached out to me. My good friend Patrick Smith reached out to me almost immediately, texted me, said, hey, man, I know how you feel. Um, you know, uh, it, it, he said, I know how much he meant to you. My brother Hugh checking on me. Uh, as as he does always, Kahar, Kahar. Oh, uh, I mean, me and Kahar work together, and Kahar would tell you in a minute. I love me some bean. I mean, you know, those was just great moments. Um, my good brother Ryan Cole, you may know him on Twitter as Just Ryan Cole. Ryan's from LA, and I would. He would tell me that he would have the opportunities. You know, he was coming up before he got to ESPN, but just doing internships, being able to interview Kobe, you know, being in the locker room. And I'd be like, man, what's he like? What's it like to do that? Uh, you know, so shout out to him. Shout out to my former producer, Seth Horowitz. Seth, and Seth was, man, let me tell you, Mike and Mike in the morning, me and Seth. Rest, West, me, Seth, and Wes actually worked on this show together. And then Wes would get exchanged out, and my buddy Nate would come in. And Seth reached out to me. He said, you know, um, thinking of you, a terrible day. And he told me I could talk if he was there. And he said, all of my way. And I appreciate that. Um, you never know how a celebrity's death will rock you. My guy Pop, Clifton Diggs, reaching out to me. Me and Sam Malik, same way. My 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 right hand man, my cousin Chris, we call him Fur, reaching out. You know, he's told me stay strong. I know that it was a blow to you because you was his biggest fan. He said, I know because of all people I know, I know how you felt about that man and that team. And so, it, it, you know, my aunt Taisha reaching out, my brother. CJ, Courtney Jacobs, same thing, you know, tell me it's not true. Um, my little cousin Mike, you're doing the same thing. My former manager, Dr. Audrey Long. And, 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 and even my sister. And then, you know, when my wife, I'm pretty sure she was away from her phone. And when she found out, first thing she did, are you okay? And just let me talk. It was tough, man. I'm going to replay. Sunday, I was, the day it happened, I was sitting there, me and my manager, Moran. We were sitting, and we was down here, and I'm recording this in New Orleans, Louisiana, in my hotel room. We had just finished filming one of our doctors, doctor who was speaking about this conference we were at. So as we finished, we walked over to the phones, like we always do, grab our phones. And I get a message from Corey. The first thing I said, I 
when I picked up my phone was no way. No way. No way. So, Marin looks at me. And, you know, she, and there's a doctor another, uh, that we don't know, but he's sitting over there. And he says, he looks at me, and I show Marin my phone. It's the screenshot from TMZ. She's like, shocked. And it's, this happens. I'm sitting there like, just praying. Please be fake. Please be fake. This has to be fake. And it wasn't. I'm not going to lie. Came back to my room. And I cried like a baby. Just, you know, I did. Because it hurt. I shed some tears. I, I, you know, I shed some tears Monday watching somebody share a post of Ellie Duncan when she talked about Colby being a girl's dad. And that's the thing. You know, you think about his daughter. I kept saying years ago, I believe I even said it when me and Dwayne was on Rolling with Ramos, that I believe Gigi was going to be the one to take the WNBA to new heights. Because she would look at you and say, no, I'm the legacy. And Kobe loved that. And like I said, you know, my condolences go out to Vanessa Bryant. My condolences go out to the other victims on the plane. I hope I said that earlier. And if you're still listening, I'm saying it now. It sucks. We lost somebody we looked up to. When Muhammad Ali died, I was sitting in my uh, sitting in my desk. And it was just like, no. I was sitting in my desk when they was talking about the end was near. That night, I think he died at, like, midnight. And it was like, man, this hurts. Yeah, he did, because I think I was asleep. It hurt, but I didn't know Ali like that. I knew about what I read about him. I did report on him. Loved loved what I read. It's no disrespect to him. I just, you know. But Kobe, somebody, like, I grew up with. I I watched him. And I had, not going to lie, I had aspirations of working with him some way, shape, or form. So maybe... I can work with the Black Mamba, you know. And I was like, I remember he did his um, interview. And I was like, man, he's probably difficult to work with. But I'm up for the challenge. I mean, I work with the real Dwayne Allen. <laughs> and if if you only knew. It's a great challenge, though. So I sit here and I think, you know what? I'm going to apply the Mamba mentality. You know, the title of this show is called Breaking Through the Glass Ceiling. To me, as, you know, people will say the NBA championship when they won, they beat the Indiana Pacers. Or they even talk about when Kobe took over the game, when Shaq had fouled out. To me, Kobe broke through the glass ceiling. I would encourage everybody to share, reply, you know, tweet me. What was your moment when Kobe broke through the glass ceiling? To me, Kobe broke through the glass ceiling when he missed those air balls against Utah because he had the confidence to do it. And that's when Shaq pulled him aside and said, you're going to be great. And that's what I look at. Because through his adversity, 
he continued to shine. I mean, through his adversity, he used that to fuel and allow him to shine later. Five championships. Now, yeah, we wanted to see him get six or seven, you know. But five championships, that was not easy. You think about one, I think, with a broken finger. So as I look to close out the show, my message to you, Kobe Bryant, is thank you. Thank you for inspiring me to honor you. I'm not going to be the best producer I can be. Of course I'm going to do that. But to honor you, I'm going to be the best husband and the best father I can be. That's the way I have to honor Kobe Bryant to be the best father to my daughter and son. You know, I'm a I'm I have one girl, so I'm a, I'm a girl dad. And there's no joy. And, and I don't know if I mentioned his name on here yet. Marcus Patton, a good friend of mine. When I saw the post from Ellie Duncan and, and I saw Marcus, I'm a girl's dad. So here's a, let me share y'all with, share this with y'all about Marcus. In February, in March 2014, my wife told me she was pregnant. It's my early Father's Day gift. Within the time she was pregnant, in between time, I found out she was pregnant, and we found out that she was what we were having. Marcus shared a video, and it was a gentleman taking his daughter out to on her first date, and she was like three years old. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And that moment, and I ain't gonna lie, I wanted a boy. I have a son, but I want another one. I felt it. I said, you wanna have a girl. And to this day, I said, that was God's way of telling me, you're gonna have a girl. And he used Marcus as a vehicle to tell me. So, you know, my big brother, I love him to death. But, you know, it's something about being a dad. And, it's, you know, it's something special. Whether When you have a boy, you groom him to be a man, a better man than you. You you teach them to be leaders, fierce in this world. It's nothing like it. And then when you have a girl, man, it's like you get to have this princess that you can teach, raise, and protect and you, you prepare her for the world and you want to think about all the moves that other you would make or say or do and then you want to prepare her for that so in closing my words to Kobe Bryant you left too soon man you left too soon we wanted to see you do big things we wanted to see you become Walt Disney we wanted to see Jeannie be the face of the WNBA but God had bigger plans God wanted you more, and he he wanted you and Jeannie more, and so I thank you for the inspiration, I thank you for those five championship wins that made me, gave me bragging rights, that gave me an opportunity to run around and yell to the top of my lungs to lose my voice, I thank you for the opportunities when you beat the Kings in game seven overtime, playing the whole second half. Thank you for putting up 81 points. I'm on the phone that night and 
my friend, she's sitting there talking, and I'm like, wait, I get the alert. Fourth quarter, Lakers are coming close. And then the, the moment I put the DVR in the C, 81 points. Thank you for the 60, I think 61 points or something against Dallas in three quarters. Thank you for all those moments. Thank you for the wisdom, passing on the knowledge, passing on your knowledge or your processes. You know, Kobe said as a movie producer, he would watch the movie three times and one of the times would be without the sound. So Kobe Bryant, thank you. Thank you for everything. I thank you for the inspiration. And I will have the Mamba mentality forever, 824. (laughs) This has been been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, You guys will always be in my heart. And uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys. And uh, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family, to my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out. This podcast is brought to you by B Waters Productions. It is produced and edited by myself, Brian H. Waters, with the music brought to you by Hypnosis. You can find Hypnosis on Instagram at hypno underscore beats.